Well, let me tell you, it's good to be here tonight. I, uh, I feel blessed and honored to be a part of this great revival. We've had some good preaching, some good singing, good testimony. And uh, the Lord's just been in the midst of his people. And so we thank God for that tonight. To the pastor of this church, Brother Wayne, thank you for allowing me to stand here and do what I really love doing, and that's share the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of y'all glad to be here? Don't y'all fool me now. You really glad? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, take your Bibles tonight. Stand with me and find two passages of Scripture. I want you to find Genesis chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. Now, Genesis is in the beginning of the book. <laughs> I, I, I hear a lot of pages turning. That concerns me. <laughs> Amen. Genesis chapter 13, verses 10 through 13. And then I want you to find Genesis chapter 14, verse 11 and 12. The Lord to help me tonight. I want to try to tie this together. Genesis 13, 10 through 13 reads, And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves the one from the other. Abraham or Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain. And pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Genesis 14 verse 11 and 12 simply reads, And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their vigils and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you for this great crowd who have come to bear witness to your word. Uh, Father, we ask now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would speak to us in such a way that all of us would be able to understand it and to live it out in our daily lives. Father, we humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to talk to us tonight on this subject. Fighting the urge to backslide. 
I want you to get that down, way down in your spirit. Fighting the urge to backslide. I want to warn all of us here tonight, all of us as believers, all of us as followers of Jesus Christ, that backsliding is expensive. It's costly. Amen. There is a high price to pay for living in a backslidden condition. It's costly. It's, it's expensive. Whenever we choose to forsake God and to pursue the sin and the pleasure and the idols of this world, rest assured, my friends, that there is a price you will have to pay. Now listen, what does it mean to backslide? Well, it means to relapse back into ungodly habits and lifestyles. It means to go back to your old life. To go back to old habits. To go back to, to, to the old way of thinking. Listen, it means to return back to where God has delivered you from. Come on, talk back to me if you can. Listen, it means that you, you, you're no longer going forward with God, but you're going backwards with the world and the devil. And I want to tell you tonight, for all of us who might be considering, might be thinking about backsliding, it's costly. There's a, there's a high price tag on it. But now listen, not only does it mean to go back to the old way of living, it also means that you are not as close to the Lord now as you once was. Hmm. Listen, it, it, it means that there is distance and separation between you and God. It means that you are going in one direction and God is going in another. It's costly. It's expensive. There's a price that you have to pay for backsliding. I thought about it this evening and as I prayed, I asked God to take me deeper and to let me see more about this issue of backsliding. Listen, that that is plaguing our church today. The church is crippled because there are people who say that they are born again children of God, but they're missing in action. They're gone. And as far as I know, they didn't go to be with the Lord. They went back to the world. Hmm. Now, now listen, for four, four things we need to understand about this, this serious Sickness and sin of backsliding. First of all, 
Nobody is immune to it. It can happen to anybody. It does not matter what title is in front of your name. It, it does not matter what position you hold. It, it does not matter how long you've been in the church. It, it does not matter how long you've been serving. Anybody can drift into a backslidden condition. I, I guess what I'm trying to tell you tonight is, is that you're not out of the woods yet. Before you point your finger and judge the brothers that's not here, you need to remember that you're only here by the grace of God yourself. It, it can happen to anybody. It happened to a whole nation of Jews. After God had brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, brought them through the wilderness, settled them in the promised land, they got in the promised land and they backslid on God. It happened to Peter. The night that Jesus was arrested, after swearing and promising that though everybody else leave you, I'll be there, Peter forsook the Lord. He backslid on the Lord when he was standing by the fire. And you and I are not immune. All of us know somebody who used to be a part of our fellowship. All of us know somebody who used to pray with us, who used to serve with us, who used to, who used to battle and struggle with us, but now they're gone. And none of us are immune. That's the first thing, but here's the second thing that, that, that I want you to understand about this, this sad sickness of backsliding. And that is, it, it normally, most of the time, I believe all of the time, starts in the heart. See, your heart can be gone from God and your body still be at church. It starts in the heart. You, you'll be amazed at how many people come in and out of the church doors. Their body is here, but their heart is in the word. Hmm. Proverbs. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it, are the issues of life. It, it means, listen, that, that from your heart sets the course of your life. Wherever your heart is, sooner or later, your heart is going to follow it. Or your life is going to follow it, should I say. Wherever your heart is, listen, that's why we got to make sure that our hearts are in the right place, that our hearts are set on the right things. It usually starts in the heart. And if your heart, if your heart is not in worship, if your heart is not on God, sooner or later, your life is going to follow it. But then there's a third thing hmm, that we need to understand about this, this, this issue of backsliding. And that is, you can drift into a condition of being backslidden and not even know it. Hmm. That, that right there will come to church for right there. You, you listen, you, you, you can be drifting. You, you can be drifting off into a, a, a condition of being backslidden and not even know it. That's why the writer in Psalms 139 tells us that we ought to ask God to search our hearts. 
to try our hearts. Listen, to examine us and to see if there's any wicked way in us. Why is it important for God to do it? Because you and I lie to ourselves. Amen. Listen, there have been some times, indeed 35 years that I've been a Christian, that I would say to you I, I was okay when God would say, no, he ain't okay. Amen. Amen. David said we ought to ask God to search our hearts. We ought to ask God to look at us and examine us and evaluate us to make sure that there's no backslidden tendencies in us. Hmm. You can be backsliding. You can be moving away from the Lord. You can be going in the wrong direction. You can be drifting off course and not even know it. I heard a story that I told Solid Rock here a year or so ago. I heard a story about two young men who were best of friends. And one of the things that they had in common, one of the things that they loved to do, they loved to fish. And every chance they got, they would go fishing together. They first started fishing off the banks. They enjoyed each other's fellowship and company so much that they bought a boat. They start fishing from that boat. And one of their favorite places to fish was near to a dam. They go there and they catch fish and they would be in competition with one another, seeing who could catch the most fish and see, seeing who could catch the biggest fish. And they would get so caught up in the competition of fishing that the time would just fly by and they wouldn't even notice things around them. One afternoon, when their families knew that they should have been back home, they hadn't made it. They started to search for these two young men and uh, later on in the night, they found both of them. They had drowned, the boat had drifted off the dam. Investigation said that they believed what happened was that they were so consumed with fishing that the, the unseen undercurrents that, that led toward the dam just sucked them closer and closer until the point where they got so close that they couldn't stop from going. And they went over the dam. I'm telling you tonight, listen, that you and I can be in a backslidden condition. We can be moving in the wrong direction and not even know it. Hmm. The fourth thing that we need to understand about the sad situation with backsliding is that it can stem from both pain and prosperity. Hmm. Listen, it, 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 can, it can stem from pain like it did with Peter. You see, when Peter backslid, he was in pain. The one who he had hoped would be the deliverer of Israel is now about to die on the cross. Peter's pain, he's, he's full of fear, he's full of concern. But sometimes it's not the pain that drives us away from God, it's the prosperity. You see, some folks are gone from the church because they got their feelings hurt. But some folks are gone because they got blessed. Uh, I wish y'all would help me tonight. So some, listen, some folks are gone because they got in trouble, but some folks are gone because they got higher. When we look at the life a lot, 
Lot fell in a backslidden condition because of prosperity. Amen. Let me tell you something. Do you know, and I'm closing now, but do you, do you know everybody can't handle blessings? That there are some of us right here tonight, maybe one of us in the pool pit. That if God was to give me any more than what I got right now, I'd go crazy. For, for some of us, it's good to have to pray to have enough money to meet the month. But for some of us, listen, we can't stand to be blessed. And sometimes this, this issue of backsliding, it can stem from pain or it can stem from prosperity. Well, let me ask you another question. What are the warning signs? Well, what are the warning signs that you might be either headed to or already in a backsliding condition. Hmm. There are some warning signs. I want you to look with me in this 13th chapter of Genesis. The four things that was evident in Lot's life that he was moving in the wrong direction, that he was making some, some unwise decision. First of all, I want you to see in verse, in verse number 10 that Lot started making decisions based on what the flesh wants rather than on what the soul needs. I believe that one of the signs, listen to me, I believe that one of the signs that I am either headed toward or already in a backslidden condition, I become more concerned about what the flesh wants rather than what the spirit needs. Hmm. Hmm. Listen, the flesh, Lot's flesh wanted the plains of Jordan, but his spirit needed to be in Canaan. And for a lot of us here tonight, and for all of them that's gone away from the fellowship, I can tell you that their flesh wants to be in the world, but their spirit needs to be in the house of God. Amen. Listen, their flesh wants to run with the folks at the club, but their spirit needs to be with the folks in the church. Hmm. His flesh wanted to make his own decision, but his spirit needed to be under the counsel of Abraham. I'm amazed how the church folk think now. Amen. Amen. We, listen, we want all of the benefits of being a sheep in the fold without any of the responsibilities that come along with being a sheep. We want to eat at the same pasture. We want to drink at the same brook, but we don't want the under-shepherd telling us nothing about how we ought to live. Uh, Brother bro, Wayne, you, you want to run some folks off? Start calling sin, sin. Start, listen, start pointing out what ought not be versus what should be. Amen. Listen, you, you want to run some folks, you want to make some folks mad? Just tell them the truth about their lifestyle. Mm. Mm -hmm. Y'all about come on, get this, this all I got. <laughs> Amen. Listen, Lot had to live under Abraham's government. 
It was Abraham who God called. It was Abraham who had the authority. And Lot, like a lot of us, couldn't wait to get away from Pastor Abraham so he could make his own decision and do his own thing. Hmm. Hmm. I, I get tickled sometimes at, at our children. Amen. <laughs> Marquita was Marquita was thinking about couple of years ago she was thinking about moving off to Murfreesboro to go to MTSU and Marquita and Chris don't they don't discuss business much so, so whenever whenever they talk business it's serious and, and, and Chris heard Marquita talking about how bad she wanted to go to Murfreesboro how all of her friends were going to Murfreesboro just back with Marquita <laughs> how all of her friends were going to Murfreesboro but now Chris is smart. Chris know a good thing when he see it. <laughs> Chris know a good thing when he living in it. And Chris pulled Marquita off to the side and said, girl, you better stay at home. <laughs> just, just do whatever they tell you to do. Just, just live by their rules because you got it good. Lot didn't know how good he had it under Abraham's umbrella. And there are a lot of folks here at Liberty, a lot of folks at Solid Rock, a lot of folks at Wales that's thinking about leaving because you don't know how good you got it where you are. Listen, don't you let the devil fool you and tell you that you had it better out there than you got it in here. Hmm. Hmm. Listen, number one. You start making decisions based on what the flesh wants rather than what the soul needs. But then there's a second thing. Listen, because listen, watch what verse 10 said. Verse 10 said, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all of the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen, Lot made this decision not based on prayer. Amen. Not based on the promise of God, but Lot, like an idiot, and a lot of us walk like idiots, Lot looked with his eyes. If you read the text, nowhere in the text does it say Lot prayed. Nowhere in the text does it say Lot asked Abraham what you think about it. But Lot made his decision based on what he could see rather than what God could tell him. For all our young folks here tonight, you thinking about dating, you, you, you thinking about marriage. Can I tell you something? Everything that glitter ain't gold. <laughs> Amen. Listen, they, they, they may look good on the outside, but be all tore up on the inside. Dr. Rogers used to say, beauty is only skin deep, but ugly goes to the bone. And before you start dating them, before you start making commitments to them, you better ask God what you're about to get yourself into. Hmm. 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 First sign of that you might be headed toward backsliding is that you start making decisions 
based on what the flesh wants yeah. rather than on what the spirit needs. Amen. My heart breaks and uh, I'm about finished. I'll come back later to give y'all the rest of it. <laughs> but my heart breaks because I see so many Christians and I see so many of the solid rock church members. They can't come to church. I mean, we have three services a week. Sunday morning, that don't work. Sunday night, that don't work. Wednesday night. And it's amazing to me how you never feel good enough no Sunday or Wednesday out of the month to make it to worship. But every time there's a ball game, you're the first one in the bleachers. Yeah, well, let me just, since y'all ain't saying that, let me go a little deeper with that. <laughs> it's amazing to me how we can make it to work Monday through Saturday. Because it's no longer Friday anymore. You're commanded to work on Saturdays now. We can make it to work Monday through Saturday on time. Early. Amen. Work hard all week long and can't make it to church no time on Sunday. Am I doing all right? Amen. Listen, when, when, <laughs> when, listen, when making money is more important than worship, you're headed in the wrong direction. Mm. Mm. But, 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 but listen, here, here, here's the second thing that that might be a sign that you're headed in, in a backslidden condition. And that is, you start to make decisions without praying about them first. Hmm. You know, there are some things that we, we ought not have to pray about. And there's something that we won't pray about. Amen. Wake up on Sunday morning and don't, don't, don't want to go to church. You ain't going to ask God, should you go? <laughs> you know why, Brother Jerry? Because you know his answer. Amen. You, you, you get to church and the offering plate come around. You're not going to pray and ask God, should you die? You know why? Because you already know the answer. Amen. Listen, one of the signs that you're backsliding is that you stop praying about things you ought to pray about. You make decisions without praying. And here's how we do it. And I know y'all know this. But, 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 but we decide what we're going to do. Then we go do it. And when it blow up in our face, then we ask God, won't you come fix this fight? <laughs> and God, out of his good grace, God, because he's so merciful, God, because he's so good, he bailed us out when he ought to let us sink. Hmm. 
You're making some decisions tonight without talking to God first. I'm telling you, I'm warning you by the authority of the Spirit of God, you are headed toward a backslidden condition. And then here's the third thing. One of the signs that you're backsliding is that you find it easy to separate from the people of God and the place of God. You got to understand something. Listen, Abraham and Sarah was the chosen people. Canaan was the chosen place. Canaan wasn't perfect. And Abraham and Sarah wasn't perfect. But it was where the promise of blessings was. And I'm telling you tonight, listen to me. If you are struggling, if you are, listen, if you're deliberate. uh, deliberating on whether or not you need to hang around liberty. You need to start, keep coming to church. I'm telling you, you are headed in a backslidden condition. Woo, hallelujah. I shout myself. Listen, let me tell you what you don't find in this text. You don't find anywhere where Lot tried to talk Abraham out of this decision. Abraham says to Lot because they were so blessed. Both of them were rich in cattle. They were rich in livestock. And the Bible says that the land couldn't support them both. Abraham says to Lot one day, look, we got to do something. If you go to the right, I go to the left. If you go to the left, I go to the right. Now, if Lot had had good sense, knowing who Abraham was, knowing that Abraham was a man of God, that the blessings of God was on him. Listen, Lot would have said, wait a minute, bro. I don't know which way you're going, but whichever way you go, I'm following you. I'm going with you. Because listen, the blessing was on Abraham. Now you said, Brother Andrew, what in the world are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you, listen, that the blessings of God is upon the church of God. It's upon the people of God. We may not be perfect. We make a lot of mistakes. We screw up a lot. Half the time, we ain't got good sense. But regardless of that, the blessings of God is on us. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to have to give, put up a fight to get rid of me. You find it easy. I, I, any little thing, somebody don't speak to you. Somebody sitting in your pew. God forbid, listen, God forbid, God forbid if they park in your parking spot. I can't believe they did that. I've been parking there for 40 years. Because listen to me, you are looking for a reason. You are looking for a reason to get away. I won't be back to liberty no more. <laughs> Pastor Wayne, you see him? He coming in, he shook everybody's hand, he spoke to everybody except me. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. What kept you from speaking to him? 
it was easy for Lot to separate from Abraham. You know why? Because that's what he wanted anyway. There were some folks gone from Solid Rock. And the only thing that folk did to him was try to be good to him. But because they boiled the good rather than fried it, they left anyhow. I'm going to tell you something, Brother, Brother Wayne. Uh, folks that's looking for a reason, there's nothing you can do to keep them. Pray for them, but don't lose no sleep. Listen, pray for them, but don't, don't, don't lose your appetite. Because they were looking for a reason. Lot was looking for a reason to get away from Abraham. But, but here's the fourth thing. They will run to a close. Listen. And then as you become self-centered. One of the signs, listen to me. One of the signs that you are headed in a backslidden condition, it becomes all about you. If they don't sing your song, if they don't do it the way you want it done, if it don't happen how you want it to happen, Listen, if the center of attention is not on you, if you read this text tonight, if you read this text, listen, the Bible says that Lot looked over all the plain of Jordan and he picked for himself the best of the land. Listen, he picked the most greenest pastures. He, he, he picked the, the, the place where, where, the, where the most water flow was. Because it was not about a partnership. It was about Lot. And here's what I learned in the 35 years of walking with the Lord because I've been there. I've done it. I've been in that backsliding condition. I've been in that place where I didn't need to be. Listen, it becomes all about you. It's never, listen, you don't ever ask the question, what can I do for the church? But rather, what is the church going to do for me? Hmm. Well, what did it cost him? I closed with this tonight. I'm not going to comment on them, but I do, do want to give them to you. Because I think they're worth having. When Lot made that decision, Brother Dale, to leave Canaan, to get away from Abraham, it costed him. Lord have mercy, it costed him. And for every Christian tonight, because see, listen, not only was Abraham a man of God, Lot was a man of God too. The apostle Peter tells us that he was a righteous man. He was a holy man. But the difference between Abraham and Lot, Lot is walking in the flesh. Abraham is walking in the spirit. Lot is walking with God. Lot, Abraham is walking with God and Lot wants to walk with the world. So what did it cost him? Hmm. Number one, it cost him the blessings of being under a godly leadership. What a blessing. It had to have been to be under Abraham's leadership. To have an anointed, spirit-filled, God-called man of God to give you counsel in your life. Cost him the blessings of 
being under Abraham's leadership. And listen, let me tell you something else. It cost, it cost him the fellowship of being with a God-chosen family. God had chosen Abraham and Sarah. The blessings of God was upon them no matter what the devil tried to do. But then, if you keep reading, you'll find out in chapter 14 that not only did it cost him the blessings of a good leader and the joy of being in a good fellowship, but eventually it costed him his freedom. Lot became a prisoner of war. The Bible tells us in chapter 14 that there was a war broke out and Sodom and Gomorrah was attacked. And when they got through Attacking the city, they took Lot and all of his goods with them. Lot became a prisoner of war. And I want to tell you tonight that there is a high price that you have to pay when you choose to backslide from the Lord. You, listen, you become a prisoner of your own sinful habits. <laughs> listen, all the devil needs you to do is to say yes to what he's offering till he gets you to the point where you can't say no. You become a prisoner. Chapter 14, verse 11 through 12 said that they took Lot, but not only did Lot lose his freedom, because Lot was in the wrong place for the wrong reason, he lost his son-in-laws as well. The Bible says that when the angels came in to try to get Lot to leave Sodom and Gomorrah and he tried to talk his son-in-laws into going with him, the Bible said that it was as though he mocked them. Not only did he lose his son-in-laws, but because he had to leave Sodom and Gomorrah in a hurry, he lost all of his worldly possessions. Think about it. Everything that Lot had worked for, everything that Lot had loved, everything that Lot had cared for went up in smoke the day that God burnt Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. But finally, listen, if you read Genesis chapter 19. In verse 46, the Bible said Lot lost his wife. It cost him his wife. And so I simply come tonight to say, to remind us, because none of us are immune. Preachers, deacons, church members, choir members, none of us are immune to this great temptation of walking away from God. Now maybe tonight you're here and you said brother Anthony if the truth would be known my heart has been gone for a long time I know I've been saved I can take you back to the place I can tell you the day and now I know I've been saved, but somehow or another, I've lost my fire. I've lost my excitement. I find no joy in worship and serving the Lord. In fact, 
There are things of this world that's more important to me now than the glory of Jesus Christ. You be open and honest now. You say, that's where I'm at. You say, listen, is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for a person who, who's in a backslidden condition? Oh, Lord, the answer is yes. Hallelujah. Yes, it is. Because I heard the prophet Isaiah say, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as wool. He said, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Oh, God can cleanse you. God can set you back on the right path. Listen, there is forgiveness with the Lord. Amen. Listen, there is grace with Jesus Christ. If you would just hear the call, be obedient to the Spirit. Brother Dale said something last night in his message, and I'm through, that made plenty of good sense to me. You don't see people rededicate anymore. Amen. Amen. You don't see people openly and honestly and transparently come before the church and say, you know what? I've been living in sin. I've been just going through the motion. And I want to confess it. And I want to repent of it. Because I want the power of God back in my life. I, I want to feel today what I felt when I first got saved. Y'all remember that, don't you? Oh, the joy and the peace of it. Where are you at tonight? Where are you, listen. Where are you at with the Lord tonight? Yes. You see, the truth of it is, is that either you're moving toward him or you're moving away from him. But there is no standstill in the spiritual life. Maybe you're here, you never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You're not in a backsliding condition. You're in a lost condition. You are eternal. Listen to me. You are lost and there's nothing you can do to save yourself other than cast yourself on the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, listen to me. I'm warning you. I'm telling you based upon the word of God. Any other thing will fail you when you stand in the judgment. No good works, not being a good person, not turning over a new leaf, not joining a church, not, listen, not trying to become a good person. Listen, all of that will fail you. There is but one way to be saved, and that's faith in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Now, you stand with me tonight. Where are you at? Where are you spiritually? Where are you as a member of Liberty Hill? Where are you as a member of Solid Rock? Where are you as a member of Shores? Where, listen, where are you as a member of Wales? You know what's so interesting is that we can fool people most of the time. That's right. 
But we can't fool God none of the time. Amen. Regardless of what you do with this message, I've done my job. I delivered the mail. What you do with the package between you and the one who sent it. Father, how grateful and thankful we are that you're willing to meet us right where we are. Whether we're in the valley or whether we're on the mountaintop. You love us so much that you try to, to point us in the right direction. Now, Holy Spirit of God, not based on a feeling, not based on emotions, but based on the, the power and the promise of the Word of God. I pray that you'll move in this place. I pray that you'll move upon each one of our hearts and make us face the truth about ourselves. And then, Lord, give us the courage to make it right. That is my prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.